Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad, I had a really great nickname came up came up for you the other day, but totally forgot what it was. Shaker. You should work on that. I know. <clears throat> I've been slacking over the last few weeks. That's okay. Uh, I am Matt, and together we are traversing the muddy waters of freedom. Oh, I cut you off. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, first and foremost, let us thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava we will be drinking today. Thank you for picking this up this morning. You're welcome. How's Justin? Justin's good. Good. As always. Shows up. Bula. Bula. I was telling him how his boyfriend is, uh... One of my favorite people because I just found out he like last week that he's from Alabama. You know, not all people from Alabama are good. Seems to be the case uh, in my experience. <laughs> Girls are awesome. Guys are awesome. <laughs> Even seems the gays are awesome. Right. <laughs> are you insinuating that gays are not girls or guys? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but we'll put them in their own little group. Right. <laughs> That's how it is anyways in 2017. <laughs> That's true. Everybody is in their own little group. Uh, it's not we're all people. It's we're all different sorts of people. <laughs> yep. Uh, and when you try to differentiate and or when you try to say, no, we're all just people. It's like, no, that's you can't say that. No, not at all. No. And if you're new here, um. We believe that everybody's equal and the same. We don't think people belong in different groups. That was a joke. Right. In case there are any butthurt people out there. As I tend to say often is a line from a uh, great person. Uh, there, is a diff- there is all the difference in the world between treating people equally and attempting to make them equal. That is true. That yes. is true. Although I think he's talking about material equality. You didn't even say who the hell he was. I know, I didn't. It was Frederick Hayek. (laughs) (laughs) He went to his background for that. Yeah, that's the background on on one of my computers here. See, I memorize my favorite economist's quotes. I do too, normally. If the federal government was in charge of the Sahara Desert, there would soon be a shortage. Of sand. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, Milton Friedman. I know. I normally do too, but my brain is elsewhere today. So, so and since I didn't know that was coming up, I didn't have that one just right at the ready. So, what do you do this uh, week? Um. So I help some people. Are you supposed to rub that in. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I help some people move, and uh, what the hell? No, no, nobody told you what to do with that. No, they just put it on. Yeah, these are the doctors that are... I know, but you're life- supposed to spread it all over your... Yes, tell us how, what you're doing and why you're doing it. I helped some people move, and I got bit by some spiders, we think. We don't know if they're spiders or not, but they're all over. And I, they have all become massively, disgustingly infected. Well, that's because you're treating it like a dumbass. I'm glad I came here today. I am treating... If this is what you did, however long ago this this has been, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Dumbass. How is it? <laughs> how is this wrong? That's wrong. You don't just put it on there. That's It needs skin. You have to rub it in. <laughs> oh. Well, no. What I've been doing with it is I've been putting it on like that, and then I rub it in, like, later. No, 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 no. That's, that's pointless, whatever to... Well, what, what was your the, what was your train of thought in that? I figure the infected part's the part that's bitten, so I wanted that to get the most. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> yes, it is. Where's that sound coming from? It's coming from right there. All right. So, uh, what else have you done? Um, there's also in 
uh, Tampa Bay St. Pete right now there's the 48 hour film festival going on oh is that what that's going on for what what uh, Sean's doing yeah oh and it's uh, at 7 o'clock on Friday you get you get a uh, genre uh, a genre a character name a quote and a prop and you have to write film edit and turn in a short movie between four and seven minutes. Well, hopefully I'm not setting up for failure here. So is this work just practice or something else? Is what? This thing you're writing. Oh, uh, well, I wrote two scripts yesterday. Yeah, but I'm assuming you can't use those then, right? Why? Well, because you get all that stuff later. I mean. Well, I wrote them yesterday after seven. Oh, uh, so it started already is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I was confused. I no. thought I thought it was next Friday. No. No, no, no. I uh it started it started yesterday at seven, so I wrote two screenplays. One is a horror drama, the other is a very loosely termed Western drama. <laughs> it's got a cowboy. Okay. Um <laughs> the main character is a cowboy. Uh and he talks about his experiences as a cowboy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we're we're in Florida. It's hard to do a western in Florida. So, why? Well, horses Is aren't it the scenery. Oh. Yeah, scenery, horses. You know, we're in major cities. I know where you could do a western. Yeah, where? Alabama. Right. But the competition isn't in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I did that, and uh, really, I have done a little to no prep this week because I have been completely and totally consumed with other things. Well, that's fine. Anyway, uh, what have you been up to? I saved Earth. Wow. All of us here appreciate it. <laughs> yep. What idiotic video game are you talking about? Mass Effect. Okay. Yeah. Took me uh, five years to finally finish that game. Mm-hmm. But when it first came out, and then when I went to do my defense contracting stuff, I um, stopped playing. <laughs> and then I decided, because I want to buy the new one that just came out earlier this year. I was like, well, I need to finish this game, even though I heard all about the endings. And then when I got to the ending, it really was a massive failure. But I did cry, so. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I cried a lot. Watching uh, all of my friends, all of the people we fought for just die anyways. So you didn't save Earth? I saved Earth. I saved Earth. But everybody died. Yeah, I mean, but I saved Earth. The oh, so the planet's here. Yeah, the planet will always be here. But That's what the, the environmentalists don't get. <laughs> Earth will be here no matter what you do. That's true. Um... <laughs> Speaking of crying, so I was only supposed to write one script yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wrote my script, and I was done. Like I was like, "Hey, my my day is over. My my all all of my input for the forty eight hour film festival is done. Now I get to go sleep while these people stay up for two days. It's the greatest deal that I've ever made. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I was sitting up at low tide, and paratrooper Casey is also in it, and uh. He was sitting there and he was talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, we got a uh, we got western or musical." And I was like, "Yeah, we got musical last year. Trust me, go western." He goes, "Yeah, we just don't really have a script yet." And me being me, just went, "You want one?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, sure." Wait, you serious? I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Man, yeah, I'll knock one out for you in like an hour." Actually, I said twenty minutes, and I completely undershot that. Yeah, <laughs> people kept coming up and talking to me. You know, I didn't even have a real idea at the time. But um, so, like, I'm, I'm furiously writing, and I give it to him after an hour, and I'm like, "There you go." And he's reading it. He's reading it, and at one point, he was like how am I supposed to get this prop? And I went, oh, hang on. And I reach into my bag and I grab it. I hand it <laughs> to him. And he's like, you just carry that with you? And I was like, oh, well, I knew I was going to use it for the script. So when I went home to get my computer, I got that. And he was like, <laughs> huh. And he was like, okay. And he keeps reading. And then at the end, he just looks at me. And for anybody who doesn't know Paratrooper Casey, he is a, a very, very buff, 
hardened black guy, sweetest mm-hmm. guy in the world. But yeah. And then he just kind of looked at me. I think I'm gonna cry. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Was like, that was amazing. I was like, I know. <laughs> and then he said, I hope you didn't miss your calling. And I was like, What? I was always meant to run a Cabo. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, just when he was like, I think I'm gonna cry. I was like, yes, gotcha, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's get into uh, this week's topics. Okay. And I want to start with my favorite from this week. So, the it was last uh, <clears throat> last week. The Young Americans for Liberty National Convention ended, which I know we briefly mentioned last time, Uh, and so did Mises University, the week-long experience you spend at the Mises Institute learning um, economics and uh, pro-free market ideas from uh, Austrian economists such as Walter Bloch. David Gordon, Jeff Deist, Tom Woods, um, uh, the judge, Andrew Napolitano, and uh, I'm sure uh, Tom DiLorenzo was there. A bunch of names. There's a bunch of names out there. Um, I wasn't able to go this year, but I will be going next year. Uh, anyways, uh, last week, uh, Jeff gave a speech that he titled... Um, for a new libertarian, and he uh, he b- sort of borrowed and played on that name from um, Murray Rothbard's book for a uh, for a new liberty, and it's a really good book. Uh, where uh, it basically Murray, it's Murray Rothbard's um, libertarian manifesto. So in this speech, it's a long speech. Um, they wrote it in an article form. He said something that triggered a lot of people. Out of this whole article, people focus on one part of one line where he said, okay, so I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, the the part of the piss people off was he said, blood and soil, the rest of the quote goes, and God are still very important for people and we need to um, understand that and not stray away from these ideas too much basically if we plan to grow the movement what he's saying is there are a lot of people in the country but he's def- uh, also around the world that still believe in the ties they have to their nation and to the land they're on and to faith and the issue is in the liberty movement, a lot of libertarians actively get away from these ideas and sometimes are even hostile towards them. Right. Uh, mostly, I think, because of social conservatives, fascists, and so on um, that take these ideas to the extreme. But... I saw no problem with what he said. Oh, and the thing is, I guess, well, I don't guess. The phrase blood and soil has been used by Nazis in the past. Right. Uh, It was one of their defining phrases. Um, So when I saw this go down, I was like, I might have used that phrase before or something similar. Right. So I started looking. I I, I looked it up right away after somebody called me a Nazi and blocked me. A friend of mine called me a Nazi, blocked me. And I was like, I was like, what? Well, he, I guess that he called me a Nazi. Then I was told that he did. I was like, obviously. Um, so I looked it up and it turns out that, yeah, Hitler was pushing for blood and soil. And the idea itself is not racist, but Hitler did make it sort of racist. And I'll explain how. Blood and soil is the idea that the Aryan race has ties, has rural ties to the land, you know, living that rural lifestyle. And Hitler and the Nazis of the time that agreed with him were pushing for this idea that 
it was the it was the Jewish man's fault that the Aryan man has been pushed out of the rural uh, the rural areas into the cities. Um, but what I ended up also finding out is this was debated all the way up until 1925, uh, until they had some kind of conference. Um, forgot the name of it. I looked it up. Uh, but the other half of the Nazi party was actually pushing against blood and soil because they wanted more support from people in the cities. Right. So when I read that, I was like, well, shit, it seems like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And then I started thinking, well, so what? Like, so what if he, if, if the Nazis used that idea? Because the swastika is a symbol that means like peace from the Hindu religion. Is and it the Hindu religion? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a Native American. Not, well, no, it's Hindu. It's really old. It's Hindu. That's what it meant. And like, basically it's a beautiful symbol. Now we can't even use it anymore. Or not we, but Hindus don't really use it as much anymore because of the connotations to the Nazi party, which is really shitty. And I was like, well, why should we let the Nazis own like get this much control and ownership over all these ideas because then this started started making me think like okay so any idea then that the nazis may have agreed with or liked is now off limits for everybody any idea um and i was like well that's 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 stupid you know like yeah some it's he he jeff wasn't wrong a lot of people whether libertarians want to admit it or not, a lot of Americans love this country and love the United States right. and love whatever their faith happens to be, but Christianity, uh, because that's a majority religion in the world and specifically here in the United States. Um, and yeah, like so a lot a lot of us were being ca- called as Nazis for uh, for, def- for for even for even. And and like I wasn't even at the time I wasn't outright defending it, but then I'm like, you know what? No, I I agree with it, and it makes a lot of sense. And just questioning whether people were going too far, calling him a Nazi or not, ended up getting a lot of other people called Nazis. And I thought it was really silly. And then a, a lot of my it's funny. This came from a libertarian that called me a Nazi. Really? Yeah. You know, like. What is going on here? And and the other the person that brought up this whole Nazi thing was uh, uh, Steve Horwitz. He um, he works closely with the Cato Institute, and yeah, I'm now apparently in a group called uh, Jews Against Steve Horowitz. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in it or not. Yeah, 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 and you know, I even brought up to one of the guys like well david gordon's jewish uh walter block's very jewish um and then i had a friend that i met at the institute uh he's a student just like me uh brian rothman rothman (laughs) um if he was offended by the speech or if he ever felt like the mises institute uh wasn't treating him well or anything like that he said no and I didn't get any of that towards me either. I right. mean, I'm that darker-skinned Muslim guy. Right, you're a dirty Muslim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and he said no, but he tried to tell me that this this guy tried telling me that because they work for the Institute, that, of course, they're going to back it up, which to me makes no sense because I've never seen anybody that works for any organization get disparaged and then yet still defend it. But the issue here, in my opinion, is they took they took his speech way out of context, and they took a very small fragment of his speech at that, and then just made it out as a uh, Nazi, nationalist, fascist, alt-right piece. And anybody that was speaking out against it was suddenly a Nazi. And the cool thing is that a lot of friends come out and say Muhammad Zavi's not a, not a Nazi. A lot of liberal friends too. Right. I even I said, mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you are obviously not. No, a no. Nazi. Yeah. You and, may hate poor people, but you're not a Nazi. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the Nazi thing has become such a huge, 
it's become such a just a go-to insult. Yeah. And it's anybody that I, you know, anybody I disagree with is literally Hitler. Yeah. You know, and you have people and a lot of them are the left libertarians. Yes. Who if you say anything about as Eric July learned <laughs> as Eric July uh gets accused of all the time, uh if you say anything about property rights, you're a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. And it's it if somebody like if somebody is an actual Nazi like, all right, call that person a Nazi, but don't throw that word. Exactly. You shouldn't throw that word around. So much now that, you know, what it, what what is a Nazi now? You exactly. Know? A Nazi is just anybody that disagrees with you on anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, it makes no sense. I was, when we were at the um, Lighthouse Point City Council meeting and they made their very incorrect decision in my mind, there was a member in the audience who, when they voted unanimously to not give them the building permit he just yelled nazi (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he yelled it like three four times and then they told the uh police officer that was there to go over and and so he stopped yelling nazi of course but yeah it was just kind of like okay i don't agree with what they did (laughs) But I wouldn't go so far to say that they were Nazis. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, then it, that started making me think, well, shit, like Nazis breathe air and drink earth water. So anybody doing that, obviously, obviously must, must be, be a, a Nazi. Yeah, you know. Um, but there's nothing wrong with agreeing. You eat sausage and drive a Volkswagen? You're <laughs> a Nazi. <Yeah. laughs> um, you like German exactly. beer? Volkswagen, yeah. yeah. You drink Fanta? All you th- Nazi. <laughs> now that I think about it, a lot of those, a lot of today's German, big German companies that engineering companies uh, that are left over are all from the war that built a lot of those machines that the Nazis used. Um, but, you know, the Nazis, uh, depending on who you're talking to, uh, had some pretty good ideas when we're ta- <laughs> when we're yeah, when we're talking about uh, whatchamacallit. I've heard you say this so many times. How are you blanking right now? Well, that's when I was no, no. I, I that's when I was talking about uh, Hitler and and Danzig in Poland and him yeah. reunifying the German people. No, no. I'm saying that. What I'm trying to say here is everybody has had some good idea, and in my opinion, one of theirs was the focus on family, for example, and the focus on faith. Because they think those are good ideas, and a lot of other people also think those are good ideas. Just because the Nazis like the the a traditional nuclear monogamous family doesn't mean that everybody else that agrees with it is now a Nazi. Right. So that's I would say that is a an idea that the Nazis liked that I also like. What's wrong with monogamy and a traditional family? I like that. I would want to be in, and I want to be in a monogamous nuclear family uh, in my future. So every every uh, political movement uh, slash party has good ideas, and you can't just discount the ideas just because somebody else believes in it. You're just limiting yourself to what isn't. Uh, the ideas that your, enemy, your enemy, political enemy isn't in favor of, you know? Um, and... They're not. They're not wrong because. <clears throat> look, a lot of libertarians want to. They want to get away from this nationalism stuff and all this, stuff, but you can. You can't exactly do that all the time, without reaching out to those people and and think you're not going to grow the movement. Right. Yeah, that's what like. Li- libertarians are very much against globalism. Yeah. Which hundred percent, I don't want globalism. Mm-hmm. I I am for local community and you know running everything from you know my city and making the decisions for this city yeah. within the confines of the city and then whatever happens on my property happens on my property, hundred percent. But 
there still needs to be some sort of togetherness as a country. Of course. And when you're like, oh, no, that's nationalism. And it's like, well, yeah, there has to be some there has to be some nationalism. There needs to be. Yeah. And if you don't like what's going on with the rest of the country. There's secession. Yeah. And which which is something Jeff mentioned a few times in his speech. He was talking about decentralization and secessionism. Right. And he even he said all the way down to the individual, you know, so he wasn't even he wasn't championing nationalism. No. He was saying we have to understand the reality that we're in and you can't go around disparaging or ignoring people that have these values and expect to grow the movement. And that makes sense to me. Yet some people want to say that being okay with nationalists makes you a nationalist. No, you you have to talk to those people, bring them in and get them to get over those ideas. But just ignoring them and calling them all these other names and acting like they're going to get rid of their supposedly bad ideas, whether they are bad or not, isn't actually going to work. There's more of them than you. Right. As many libertarians don't want to admit it, there's a lot more of everybody else than there are libertarians. So how are you going to go around? It's kind of like um, uh, the veterans argument with uh, Arvin when I said, okay, yeah, there's a problem with the military and with people just joining and and going to kill and all of that. But you can't just shit all over the veterans and expect them to see your point of view. You have to talk to them like they're normal humans and get them to see what you're trying to say. It's the same thing in this concept. And also on top of that, the argument that he was also making is when these different state apparatus get abolished if and when that happens the the local community and the fa- the, the the structure of a family is going to have to step up and take care of a lot of the things that the these state entities aren't doing anymore which is true cuz family in this country today is uh falling apart um God, I wish I had this. Uh, I didn't even know I was going to talk about this specifically, or else I would have written it down. Uh, there's a, a guy, I forget his name. Um, he was talking about the problem with uh, the black family. It was a black man talking about the problems in the black community with the families, how they're falling apart, and how that's leading to all the problems in the black community with each other. And why the why the black community needs to get better to the the core family values that some of them have lost, and that's true. Um, but we, like I said, just wrapping just this topic up. It just because Nazis believe in X doesn't mean you cannot also believe in X right. yourself. True. You know, just because communists believe in um being anti-war for example doesn't mean that we now shouldn't also be anti-war because communists believe in it like they're two different things yeah i mean across across the board across the line of every single idea any group is going to have some are going to overlap yeah it's going to happen yeah so uh, it's like the uh venn diagram yeah yeah i was like (laughs) You know that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's the Venn diagram, where you know eventually you're going to find some sort of common ground, and then the idea is to try to get more into yeah. the common ground. Yeah, and you get enough into the common ground until you have converted somebody into just being on your side. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that doesn't mean that any time that I believe something. Like, I believe in property rights. Like, if you come on my property and I don't want you here, I think I have a right to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, that does not make me a Nazi. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Yeah, see, like, I don't know really what they will, what Nazis believed in. Well, Nazis were property so, yeah, rights. Nazi, so. Well, yeah, Nazis were socialists. Yeah. So, they probably didn't believe much in property rights. Yeah. Well, especially since they went into people's houses and pulled them out and made them move. <laughs> they probably don't believe in property rights probably at all. Probably not. So, <laughs> or gun rights. Or gun rights. Well, yeah, we knew that they didn't believe in gun rights because they took away all the guns. That was like the, one of the first things that they did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
Right, with the exception of <laughs> be open, be open minded. The, their love of orange Fanta. <laughs> I share that with them. Yeah, be open minded. When you see somebody calling somebody a Nazi, probably try to read what what's going on at before you before you form an opinion, and try to see where they're coming from rather than just jump on the bandwagon because somebody said the phrase "blood and soil." Then. They're a Nazi. It's like their other so their their other phrase, work will set you free, that used to be up on the um concentration camps. They used to write work will set you free. Yeah. But it's not a bad concept. It's not a bad concept. Because what it what it means is working will keep you independent from the state, blah 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 and other people. But just because they throw it up on concentration camps doesn't mean that I believe in concentration camps when I think that work would set people free. Right. It's it's silly. It, or that work is some sort of slavery. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, the Nazis did enslave the Jews, but they're two different things. It doesn't matter if they use them together or not. You you, you question the Nazis on what they did, you, historically what they did, and you separate the good from the bad. If something makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And we should be able to do that without being labeled Nazis, basically. Right. If they had put up their uh, abandoned hope, all ye who enter doesn't make Dante a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I don't know that quote, but yes. It's from uh, Dante yeah. Inferno. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was written on the gate of hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So stop calling people Nazis. They're probably not. <laughs> True. But moving on to real Nazis, uh, <laughs> at the University of California, uh, a student by the name of Armin Premjee Prem or something, it's Indian, um, he was accused by a student of raping him. And he, Was he a student or was he? They're both students. Okay. He's a 20-year-old male. The female, uh, name not disclosed, is 19. She accused him of raping her. Um, and they were going to expel uh, him. Um, and he maintained his innocence up until they found footage from a local bar that proved what he was saying was correct because he was saying how she was all over him, kissing him, trying to drag him away from the bar so they can go and do the deed. And he wanted to, I'm sure, like any. Like any buddy our age would. Right. Like any 19, 20, 21 year old male wants to. And 28. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, but he's. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, he. Um, they found out that he wasn't lying. There's a there's a footage of her doing exactly what he said. She's consenting. She's not pulling him away and everything. And they're still going. To expel him. That's absolutely insane. Mm hmm. Did you read about the story out of USC, Southern California, not South Carolina? No. Okay, so there were these uh, two athletes. One is a tennis player. One is a USC football player. The football player's name is Matt. Mm, I'm gonna mess that last name up. Bormeister mm-hmm. is what I'm gonna Bormeister, and his girlfriend is Zoe Katz. She's like one of the best tennis players in the in the country right now apparently and he's a kicker so yeah whatever <laughs> but uh so they were well they were roughhousing i don't know what that is roughhousing they were like plate wrestling i guess i don't know okay. it, all it says is that they were roughhousing and somebody one of her dorm mates saw it like not her roommate but somebody who lives there who told somebody else in the dorm that she saw <laughs> him, him the, beating on her, him I guess. beating her. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the person that saw it told their roommate, that roommate went to the USC coaches and told them. And now there's this huge thing about it. And Zoe has come out and said, no, he was not beating me. And they have told her she is not allowed to speak to him. She tweeted out she tweeted out that no, he was not hurting me. He has never done anything like that in his life. And Title Nine people called her and told her that she was a victim and she was just 
uh, trying to help her abuser. And they're, like, forcing her not to talk about it. They aren't allowed to see each other right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if you see him, if you talk to him, you could get suspended from school. He's probably going to get expelled from school. All because somebody saw something, misinterpreted it, and is... Like it's gonna, it could potentially ruin this guy's life. Even though the girl is saying that didn't happen, yeah, it didn't happen that way. And the Title IX people are like, no, you can't speak to your boyfriend, you can't hang out with him, you can't. And if you talk about this case, you could get suspended from school. So there is, it seems, in some cases, anyways. Um, I've noticed there is a little bit of bias and. Dare I say the word privilege towards females in this country, depending on the issue. This is one of them. Um, Speaking of this, since we're on this, we're just going to turn this into privilege. There's a man in Texas. Child, not his. Mother claims it's his. It isn't his, and he still has to pay child support on it, on uh, the child. Why? Because she said it was his. Yep, just just because. Even after it was proved. Even after? Okay, so yeah. DNA test. Yeah. yeah. Pr- proved it's not his. Mm-hmm. He still has to pay. Yeah, it's... Uh, I remember they they backed they backtracked it to sixty five thousand uh, dollars in taxes. Oh, not taxes in uh, child in support. Child support. That makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sorry to everybody. I have to read this article really quick. Yeah. So, um, it's really silly that we're at this point now where the word of. Again, depending on the case, because you can't just say we can't just say that all men are being um, unfairly treated and they're all right and all women are taken advantage of laws that are that are set in place to protect them and to deal with issues of um, child supporting, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but more often than not, it just seems to be the case right now. And th- there have been plenty of studies that uh, that have shown that a lot of men are now afraid to date, get married. There's a group called MG Toe. It's it's and it's the it's the it's the other side of feminine of uh, third wave feminism basically uh, stands for men going their own way, it, which these guys are are crazy. They're 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 men that are basically in this philosophy of doing away with women. Like they're going the the the, the their uh, pendulum has swung to the extreme on the other side of third wave feminism. Uh, be, just because of things that may have happened to them because of a lot of stories like these or them right. just saying stories like these, which is really sad because they're really no better than third wave feminists. It's, re- it's really not a good case. They're doing away with all women. Uh, don't get in a relationship with them, blah, 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 blah. It's disgusting. Just as bad. And that's what you get when you when you get all of these laws and and stories of men being screwed over because there's a law in the book and somebody thinks that they have to step up and uh, protect women for themselves or a woman a woman taking advantage of a law unfairly when she has no case. So the DNA doesn't come back properly and then had to pay child support to his ex-girlfriend who had recently given birth because she vowed that there was no way he wasn't the rightful dad. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Okay. You know, OJ vowed he didn't kill Nicole and Ron, Nicole Simpson and uh, Ron Goldman, but the DNA proved pretty much otherwise and he got off this guy's just getting the raw end of that deal i guess mm-hmm, yeah dna got him off and he's still having to pay wow 
that one blows my mind. Yeah. Silly things, man. That's insane. I had another one I was going to talk about too that I was reading about earlier this week, but that one that one knocked that one right out of the water. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. We need to find out a way to protect women in society. Uh, one thing I was going to say, the only third wave, the only good third wave movement was third wave ska. Yeah. All right. <laughs> F skanked once. You know, real big fish. Less than Jake. No idea. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, I listened to him in the nineties a lot. I'm sure you did. No, I did. I'm sure nobody knows who they are either. They tell. Oh, less than Jake's from here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we need to figure out a way to perhaps protect our women from rape. Uh, What's the easiest way to do that? Unloyal fathers. Without uh, well, without hurting men that don't deserve it, or women, if that's the case, like the one where with the the, the tennis player. I right. mean, she's being hurt because of a law set probably to protect her. Yeah, that someone's trying to enforce for her when she doesn't want it. And how do we do it? I don't know. Um, I mean, the easiest way to protect women from rape, personally, I believe, uh, is to teach them self defense and tell them to carry a gun. Yeah. Because you can shoot them. Definitely, yeah. I think that is the easiest. I think that is the easiest, most simple way. Mm-hmm. Teach them self defense. Teach them, you know, proper gun safety, and have them carry a weapon. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But after the fact, if they choose not to, that's why it's, I guess, important to flesh out these ideas and policies after the fact of them choosing to carry or not carry and still somehow being raped um you know because from what i remember reading most rapes happen from uh known associates rather than unknown associates so it's not like you're gonna have a gun when your boyfriend's around who's about to rape you anyways right um so i don't know um i i don't know i'm not gonna claim to know uh i'm not gonna claim that we should change the law in any particular way at the moment uh it just seems that they're not applying it correctly to the wrong and the right people. Agreed. I I do think that some of the title nine law is intended to be protective. Yeah. But in the case of Zoe Katz, it is not like she is coming out and saying, no, that's not what this is. And they're telling her that she's wrong. Yeah. When the, person who reported it wasn't even the person who saw it Mm -hmm. who wasn't the person involved yep yeah so and you're probably ruining a great relationship right there that could last a long time right i mean if she's she's going to bat for him like that i would i would assume so either that or maybe possibly they're just strengthening that relationship (laughs) right we made it through that bullshit we can make it through (laughs) anything so who knows but like that shouldn't be something that they're worried about. That mm-hmm. shouldn't be like if, you know, if he was actually hurting her, uh, which I don't, uh, obviously I don't believe he was, but if he was actually hurting her and, you know, she was like, oh yeah, no, he was beating me, then yes, absolutely. I think that he should be punished for it. But yeah. when she comes out and she's like, no, that's not what this is. When she has made repeated public announcements about it and then title nine says, you cannot talk about this. I didn't make the case. I should be able to talk about this. Yep. You know, and like, and he's suspended from school. He's not going to be able to play this year, I don't think. And it's it, it's insane the uh, the amount of uh, entitlement that Title Nine has taken here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it just shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. It should not be a thing. Much like if you fail a paternity test. Or pass, I guess, depending on which way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, they shouldn't say, oh, well, yeah, the DNA doesn't match, but she says it's yours, so yeah, you're in charge. Yeah. Silly. That's like the, uh, there was a case, I believe it was in Minnesota, uh, and there was a lesbian couple that wanted to have a baby. Okay. And so they got one of their uh, gay friends to be the donor. And then they... Very interesting dynamic. Yeah. And then they sued him for parental support. What? Yep. 
How does that work? Is that the whole artificial insemination thing? I believe it was or, done. I believe it was done artificially. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, he didn't even conduct the intercourse himself. Right. Well, why would he? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but well, yeah, so they sued him for parental parental support, and he, they won. <laughs> Wait, no, that was a deal I gave you. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he did, but you know, I didn't even charge you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that costs if you go to a store? <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's expensive. Is it a store? It's a bank, right? It's Sperm a bank. bank? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's because they. Aren't they really specific on the type of people they let donate? No, no. So usually, I thought it was. Like, you got to be, like, have a degree and a certain IQ level. I thought that's how it was. No, I knew kids in college that huh? were donating for extra cash. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Huh. Mm, they didn't have a degree at the time. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, I need 30 bucks, so I'm going to go <laughs> donate. Makes sense, yeah. 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 And they just kind of say, well, this guy, he's... <laughs> 5'10 with dark hair and straight teeth, blue eyes. <laughs> he seemed tan, but it was sunny, so I don't know. And, yeah, background just said American, mm-hmm. <laughs> European. All yeah. right, well, he went to uh, George Mason. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good school. Mm-hmm. I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sure. That one sounds good. <laughs> well, let's stay on the school stuff for a uh Another minute. Okay. North Carolina State University. They are proposing. I never liked North Carolina State University. Oh, yeah? I mean, I like them more than UNC, but I don't really like them. They're proposing segregated campus schooling, housing. I'm sorry. Campus housing for WOCs. I wanted to turn that into an acronym. Um, walks to women of color. <laughs> um, so they're trying to re-promote segregation. Yeah, which which got me to question if Black Lives Matter should just join in with the alt right. Right, <laughs> like you're all just trying to segregate everybody. Why do y'all hate each other? <laughs> right, <laughs> you're both against appropriation and mixing of people. So two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I mean. Should state money be used to segregate people? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Private money could be used for it. <laughs> but state, I agree. Yeah. yeah but state, I mean, build an apartment complex or rent a whole one to, I guess, gift to the girls or something, if that's the case. But Right. But, yeah, no, state money should not be used for that yeah. at all. Who was it? Oh, God. Alabama governor. I don't know. George McGovern? Sure. Sure. Uh, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Uh-huh. And everybody was like, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And now 40, 50, 50 years later, I think that was like 67, 50 years later, uh, we're back at, no, we need to segregate. Yeah. How have we gone so backwards in such a short period of time? Well, so so something I've been I've been hearing from some of my liberal friends – and actually, some libertarians, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of times the one of the reasons they bring up for segregating women of color is the idea that we, well, not we, somebody should be shielding women of color from the supposed uh, amount of hateful rhetoric out there against white, uh, women slash blacks. Do you think that, no, I I know what your answer is going to be, like, hate speech, should it be, should hate, basically the the issue here is should hate speech be uh, made illegal, I guess, so we can protect them, and I've never, I've never, I still don't understand that argument, even though I've been on the other side of hateful speech against Muslims uh, and Arabs, I have never been actually hurt by a racist. And I think it's okay for a racist to make himself known and pre- say whatever it is he wants. It's not going to hurt anybody. Even in the most libertarian case 
even if there are going to be hateful people out there, um, I don't see how that's going to be an issue for me or these women, except for a little bit of um, psych pain, I guess. Psyche, pain to the psyche, to their brain, to their emotions. I prefer for the racists to out themselves. I don't, I don't like that certain, certain things people are like, oh, well, that's racist. Like, uh, it came out, I don't remember who, but I think it was either Grant or Will that posted it yesterday. Um, but there was an article written about how, uh, when white people such as myself post memes that have like the crying Jordan or that black lady from the real housewives of whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't watch that show, so I don't know who that is. Yeah. I've seen the meme. I just don't know who yeah. it is. Um, or the one where the guy says something and like all the guy, all the black guys around him, like jump up and down and get all excited. Cause apparently he just burned the crap out of somebody. I don't know. <laughs> uh, like when we use that, that is a form of racism. Yeah. Because we are you like, no, it's not. Yeah. It is not that. Yeah. They're saying that we, as white people, are using their emotion, their sarcasm, their uh, sassiness, their... You're not that sassy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we are using theirs, so we are shouldn't be allowed to do that. And that, it's, no, absolutely not. And Which um, celebrity was it? Uh, black guy. Black guy. He came out and said that the um, what call it? So we're gonna talk about movies now. Um, two movies recently. Um, one of them is uh, the new Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, said that it was a racist movie and the apes are a symbol for blacks and 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 their oppression and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, where'd you get that from? It's Planet of the Apes, right? And the other one was uh, people were mad. Mad and angry that Dunkirk is full of straight white straight men. White men. <laughs> I know that nineteen forty England. Nineteen forty England was just roving <laughs> with uh with black guys in leadership positions and God that yeah, I saw that movie by the way. Loved it. It was so good. Yeah, I heard it was good. It, it was so intense. My abs hurt afterwards just because the entire time, my entire body was just clenched. But yeah, it was insanely good. Yeah. And for a uh, Christopher Nolan movie, it is really short. Yeah. For a Christopher Nolan movie, it is really short. <laughs> it didn't break two hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, intense movie. Highly recommend it to everybody, even though there's like no black people in it. <laughs> or, but yeah, right. I mean, to there was a, a USA Today article that said that uh, Dunkirk didn't have any black people in it, and mm-hmm. that was a problem. What? Yeah, we should include everybody in everything. We should just rewrite all of history. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All of history needs to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> George Washington crossing the Potomac. Where's all the black soldiers at? What? So if they made There's a, all the women. What? If they made a World War II movie from the side of the Nazis, uh-huh, and they didn't include any black people in it, would people be upset? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that. I don't think they'd be upset. No, they wouldn't be at all actually. <laughs> no, they wouldn't care. Yeah. They wouldn't care. They'd be like, "Oh no, that, you know, no, they all look like Matt in that movie." <laughs> So definitely know, white, a white people thing. Right. Yeah. 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 They all look like that. They're all blonde hair, blue eyes, very pale. Looks yeah. like if they go in the sun, they're going to just incinerate. Uh, yeah, no, that perfect. But in Dunkirk where they talk about the greatness of, you know, just the fishermen coming and helping them out and, mm-hmm. you know, just what happened, even though England brutally lost that battle. Yeah. Like just the greatness of what happened there. Well, there were no black people in that movie. Yeah. Silly. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> People were making the same argument when the, um, <clears throat> I believe it was Prince of Persia, and the main actor is a white guy, not a Middle Easterner, 
and people were complaining about it. Um, Wasn't that Donnie Darko that played him? I don't I don't remember because I never saw it. No, I, I just remember. I yeah, I just remember when they were talking about it like a year and a half ago or something. And it really kind of ticked me off uh, because the uh, the um, the alternative to him not being the actor most likely could just be the movie not being made. Right. Which means less people get exposed to the story of Prince of Persia and to Persian and Middle Eastern culture. So who cares what color the guy is? I want more people to see what are the Middle Eastern cultures like. It's the same thing with... Uh, like a lot of people complain about Aladdin, you know, because... It okay. comes off as racist because all the evil guys have these really Arabic accents and the hero has this uh, New England-ish, what would you call his accent? I don't know. Just I mean, an American white guy accent, you know? Right, yeah. I mean... And it's like, so what? That guy played Steve on Full House. <laughs> DJ's boyfriend for like two, three seasons. Yeah. Like, that was he was Aladdin. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, all right. I didn't think anything of it, but, you know, I was 12. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, all right, whatever. But the new Aladdin that's coming out, people were getting so upset because they said, because they wanted to cast a Middle Eastern actor in the role of Aladdin. Uh huh. And after months and months and months, they hadn't found anybody yet. And one of them said, we have not found a Middle Eastern actor that we believe can play this role. There's yet. not a lot of us in, in, the, in, the, in Hollywood. Right. I mean, the most famous, in my opinion, the most famous um, Arabic actor that I now forget his name um, is um, a Lebanese guy. He's from the TV show Monk. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. God, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, yeah. Um, he's, in my I mean, he's the first one that comes to my mind anyways. Um, there's really just, there's not a lot of us out there. Um, mainly, I guess, because... Arabs choose, at least in this country, Arabs choose different um, career paths to do, like owning a business right. uh, or uh, the STEM fields um, or economics. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> um, but acting isn't really our biggest thing. And yeah, I mean, I, w I could understand that they'd have a hard time finding right. a young per Middle Eastern guy. Right, and people, the role. people are like, oh, I bet they would fi find it really quick if it was a white guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> 10 billion of them trying to find work in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, they find that really easily. But they finally cast it. You know, they finally cast somebody months later, and he is a Middle Eastern guy. I don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. I, I've never heard of him. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's just like, well, what did you did you think that was going to be an easy task? No, of course not. Like they were actually going to have to go outside of America to do that, like mm -hmm. without question. Which I'm sure they could have done, like I don't know, going all the way to Britain. But the producers and the people in charge of the movie, they should be able to do whatever the hell they want because it's their goddamn movie. And like I said, the alternative really is no movie, right? And then you don't get it, and then you don't get all those rednecks that never left goddamn Kentucky to watch Aladdin or Prince of Persia and see what our culture is all about. And not, well, not only that, but at no point did they say we were going to cast a white actor as Aladdin mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge. Uh, they never said that they were going to cast a white actor as Aladdin. They just said they were having trouble finding somebody and people were like, God, that's so racist. It's like, well, <laughs> no, you don't want a crappy actor. That, exactly. I mean, it's being directed by Guy Ritchie, which he does put a lot of crappy actors in things. Mm -hmm. He cast Madonna in a movie and it was awful. <laughs> um, but like, at the same time, it's like he was just trying to find the right actor. The fact that it took so long just meant there weren't many great actors that he saw fit for the role. I agree. I, no, no, I agree with that. I mean, if they do the whole affirmative action thing and make it where you have to find the proper ethnicity for the role of X, whatever YZ movie, then you might have to settle for a bad actor that would ruin the quality of the show or movie. And then nobody would even watch it. No. Now that I think about it, there is a great actor that they could have used. God, what's his name? Aziz Ansari. <laughs> no, is it? No, he's like Indian. <laughs> I know. Um, 
the doctor from uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Uh, he's Brit. He's, he's he grew up in Sudan, um, but he's actually Arabic. It's it's weird. If anyone's seen the show, they know who I'm talking about. Yeah, no, um, great cool. guy. He was a general, one of the generals. I and feel um, as though he may be a little old to play Aladdin. He looks. He looks uh, pretty good. Arabs, <laughs> Arabs age pretty well, man. They they do, but Aladdin's like. 15 or something. Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that he... If he was on Deep Space Nine as a general, he is... No, no, no. The general thing was um, uh, the Crusader movie, Kingdom of Heaven. He was one of the generals with uh, Salad, Saladin. Okay. Yeah. Still, but yeah, I guess he would to, be a lot older. Yeah. yeah. Possibly Jafar. Well, yeah, so there you go. Who? What young Arabic actor out there would be able to play Aladdin? Right. In the United States, like you're not gonna find that, right? But I mean, they 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 eventually cast it. Like I think that entire movie's cast now, and yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it because it was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. I'm a little upset of the genie voice because <laughs> nobody's ever gonna top Robin Williams, mm-hmm. but they got a uh, Will Smith doing the genie. That could be good. Could be. I don't know what it's going to sound like yet, but... I, I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I don't think he's going to bring the same insanity mm-hmm. that Robin Williams can bring to the genie. Yeah. Which was just perfect. Anyway. Yeah, we're out of time. We we are out of time. That sucks. We had a lot more to talk about. I know. Well, we can uh, we can talk about this one next week. All right. Um, and I think we pretty much... And the Ray Act. We'll talk about the Ray Act next week, too. Yeah, we can That's talk still, about that one too. Yeah. And then this one we can always talk about. Okay. And one of our listeners actually brought it up on our show, what we think. Uh, He said, I've never been a fan of taxes. What would you, the Muddied Waters podcast crew, consider it? Consider what? Taxes. Would we we consider taxes? Mm -hmm. Like theft? Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. He but went, we'll give you an actual answer. Yeah. He, well, no. I, he just wanted us to say theft. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was a pretty softball. Okay. He was leading it up to that one. <laughs> Fair enough. And that was uh, Mr. Matthew Parks. Oh, okay. From Bob Z <laughs> Studios, who did our website. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for our website, Matt. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. All right. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, let's do one last bull. Okay. Once again, thank you to Low Tide Cava Bar for the cava that we drink on our ship. And uh, thank you to Muhammad for showing up today. You're welcome. <laughs> Bula. Bula. And remember, guys, uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Muddy Waters of Freedom. Follow us on Instagram at Muddy Waters of Freedom. Or uh, follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. And if you want one of these fantastic shirts, we are where I am wearing. <laughs> He's not wearing one. I am wearing. You can get them at our store on our website, which is muddiedwatersoffreedom.com, obviously. And then click the link for store and pick out your color and size. Um, we even have cuts for women. We do. Because we, we love you. We have cuts for all genders. And all two genders. <laughs> and uh yeah. We will see you all next week. Yep. Thanks for joining us guys. And as always, remember where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>